Life Podcast. I am your host, Abby Pagood. This is where we talk about all the things, all the good things, all the bad things, and all the healthy things. Well, as much of you know, it is springtime, and what do we love most in the spring but other being able to get out of our little hibernation shells and like getting moving and being active and in suit of that excitement of getting active being out again and doing things i decided to slash 50 percent off off of all my focus programs on my website which you guys know is the capital life Dot com. So if you guys are interested in getting moving, get your bodies nice and toned for that bathing suit season, we are doing 50% off and we're doing it all the way up until Mother's Day. So if you even think that your mom might want to, I don't know, have some finer assets, then you can get her a gift card at capitalhealth.com and have her get started with that. Today's topic is gonna be about jump-starting the metabolism. So a lot of us, we start getting older, we start, you know, things start slowing down and is not as functional as we would like them to be. And with that, we end up needing a little bit of help on jump-starting our metabolism. So we're gonna discuss that. We're, if you stay tuned with us right now, you need to make sure that we are going to go over the fine points of what it, a productive metabolism actually is what affects the metabolism in addition to how do we jumpstart and get it started um, getting it boosted up and we are also going to go over some fad diets and why they are not helping us and why they seem to work temporarily and then all of a sudden we have to start all over again so we are going to discuss all those things but before we get started I wanted to bring a huge shout out to my runner monkeys that are my awesome developers of the app that's debuting this summer. Be Infinite is a fantastic company that not only helps you focus on your branding and imaging and all of those things, they are on top of it and they are quick. So I can't even tell you when I came up with the idea of doing 50% off, all I did was send a message out to them and it was live within 24 hours. So they are fast, effective, efficient and making sure that they're taking care of your business in all the ways possible. So let's get back to it. The primary reason to where you guys are here today is to discuss the metabolism. So I want to kind of really go back a little bit into a little bit of like history of the body so that we can actually really explain um, what the metabolism kind of what affects it. Okay. Now, if you're jumping on right now and you have a random question about anything, please put it in the comment box because this is the place to get the answers you're looking for. If you are here, say hi because I can't see you on my stream. Um, it does not allow me to see who's watching. So if you want to say hi, go ahead and say hello. If you have a question for me, more importantly, write it down in the comment box and we will address those questions either today or even at another podcast in the future. So when it comes to your metabolism, there's a lot of things that we think about that actually affect the metabolism. You know, a lot of people sit there and they think about the old way of, um, you know, they think of metabolism being fuel to the fire and, you know, making sure if you want your metabolism to burn, you have to keep adding wood to it to keep doing that. 
Well, yes, that is true. But the question is, why is it, why is it, what's affecting it from slowing down? Okay. Now, when I sit here and I think about, okay, the body and how it processes, how it utilizes energy. When you're utilizing energy, my first thing is the more muscle mass that you have, the more calorically you can take on. Okay. So you can see these muscle bound meatheads like we, we've all seen them in the stores. There's so much muscle that they can't even walk because they look like they got a stick, you know where, because they're just robotic, right? Now, they, these men, women, whoever they are, this is their thing. That's what they like to do. By all means, props to them. Good for you. Good dedication. Good diet. Fine. However, what they really nailed down specifically is these are the types of people that get to eat like three or 4,000 calories a day, sometimes even 5,000 calories a day. So when you think about it on a grand map scheme of things, you're like, man, that person can just eat as much as they want whenever they want to, and it, they just uh, inhale it and digest it. But you also have to remember, that's a lot of work, 5,000 even 3,000 calories a day. We're talking more than five to 1,000 calorie meals at a minimum, and then on top of that, eating in between. So why is it that the muscle mass is needing that, why is the muscle mass needing that much fuel? Well, what happens is, is your body actually, like your fat mass, your adipose tissue, okay? Your fat mass actually calorically only processes around two kilograms for body weight, where when it comes to muscle mass, it's going through three calories per, per um, kilogram of body weight. So the more muscle mass that you have, the more calorically you can take on. As we get older, not only does our muscle mass start to deplete, and we're talking three to 5% every decade after you turn the age of 30. So when you've hit 30, Every decade, your body's going to stop losing muscle mass by three to 5% every decade. That is huge. That is a large amount of muscle mass lost. Now, when you think of that, that's sitting there thinking, okay, well, when I was in my teens, I could take on, you know, three, let's say 3,000 calories, okay? You took on those 3,000 calories, but then as your body loses its muscle mass calorically, those numbers drop down because your need is less. However, there is an exception to the rule where if you're the way to prevent your muscle mass from depleting, you can actually enhance it. Not really, I want to say you can enhance it, but more preventative. It's more about the prevention of the muscle mass declining because we don't want the muscle mass to decline because then we lose a lot of our functional muscle that we need for support in addition to keeping us coordinated and moving and decreasing, you know, slips and falls as we get older. The more muscle mass that you have a tendency to take on, the less likely you are to have a lot of those aches and pains that, and the compensation movements and then also having incidences where you trip and fall and then hurt yourself and you have a longer recovery process. So there's a lot of really good things in keeping your muscle mass where it needs to be. And you guessed it, the way to prevent it is exercise. Exercise and healthy eating. Those are, that's what it is. It's that simple. So when we're talking about muscle mass, 
we really want to make sure that the muscle mass stays there. If not, if you, let's say right now you have been in a standard job for years and you have had no activity whatsoever. So you are really limiting factor on the muscle mass. We need to gain it or at least prevent, we need to get muscle definition back enough, not one, not only to support your body so that you prevent a lot of those aches and pains and the rolling shoulders and the slumpiness, but also making sure that we are having enough muscle mass that our body calorically can continue to eat and we're not slowing the metabolism down. Now, the other thing that's really, really important is also your VO2 max. So some people, um, if you have a smart device these days, especially one that monitors your heart rate, a VO2 max is actually requested when it's trying to calibrate how much energy demand that you have. The higher the VO2 max, the higher percentage that of your scores for not only calorically, but also um, when it comes to bur calorie burns and rate of calorie burn, et cetera. So it's important to pay attention to VO2s. Now, the way I describe VO2s to people to give them more of a visual visualization is we have, let's say we have one of our elderly. Each one of us have witnessed someone that we hold in dear to our hearts um, approach, you know, get older and older each year, each decade, losing three to five percent. And um, what happens is, is if you notice if they have to climb up like a flight of stairs, right? They take a couple steps, they might have to stop and catch their breath, right? Because they start to become very breathless. Um, then they have to, they go up a couple more and then sometimes they have to sit down, right? What's happening is, is that their heart rate is pumping and as it's pumping, it distributes oxygen to the rest of the body to ensure that the muscles are getting the oxygen replenishment that it needs to keep producing activity. As people age, with not only with their muscle mass depleting, but also not exercising their heart, which is a muscle. Can I remind you all? A heart is a muscle. You need to work it. Um, when you are working that, that, that heart is not as equal, it's not as well trained. And so therefore there's not as much oxygen coming in and getting out into the body as there needs to be. The way around that again is a healthy exercise regimen, healthy eating habits that have more oxygenated food in addition to um, making sure that you're staying active with your exercise, especially like this is where walking and cardiovascular really comes into play and helps assist in uh, VO2 levels. Now, some of you can't stand the cardio, but you love your exercises and things of that nature. Just because you're doing exercises that might be high paced doesn't mean that those aren't tipping into the cardiovascular world. So make sure that when you're doing your exercise routines, you are also complementing it with enough high intensity exercise so that it does put you into that cardiovascular, which helps boost up those VO2s, which means that you're not going to be the grandma that needs to stop every five or six steps for a breath. You could be the person that's carrying two laundry baskets and spraying up the stairs and your body process nothing like as if you, there was no activity. Big deal. Okay. So all of that hollabaloo, does anybody, are you still with me? Are we still following? Can I get some thumbs up here? Because now we just address, those are the two main factors that influence metabolism. Okay. So the muscle mass depletion, in addition to the VO2 maxes, 
depleting as we age as well. Again, exercise helps do the preventive on those things. Now, how do we jumpstart the metabolism? Well, my first question is why the hell did it slow down in the first place outside of the muscle mass and the VO2 levels? What is it within our society that is creating a slower metabolism? Because it's not just you and it's not just me, it's all of us. All of us seem to be having this happen. Well, I'm going to be honest. The American way of living does not necessarily complement our proper eating habits, okay? If you actually pay attention to how we eat, we very much eat like this. You see this? We're in a little bit of a triangle, but it's, it's, the point is on the very, very bottom, and our, it widens towards the top. Now, when I'm referring to this is when we're pointing at the bottom of it, that's us starting our day with like something like coffee, okay? Oh, good morning. I've got my coffee. Do you have time for breakfast? No, I'm too busy. I have to rush to work, or I have to get the kids to school, and you run out the door, okay? So here, our standard intake is coffee in the morning. We might eat lunch at like 1 o'clock. And then we're eating a mass amount at dinner because we're starving. Our body is constantly like been deprived and starved all day. So it's hungry. What we need to be eating is we need to be eating the opposite way. And I, now I'm putting my hands up so that it's the, the triangle is now upside down where the point is at the top and my hands are spread out towards the bottom, which means that we need to be eating a larger breakfast to wake up our body and say, hey, it's time for activity, get going. In addition to eating a little bit smaller throughout the day to the point where you're not even hungry at dinner. Now, the reason why it's interesting, like why this is important is because if you think about how the American diet really is, how society is, we're so busy that we don't have time to eat. We're so busy that we don't have time to take care of our body. We're so busy that we didn't even realize that half of our body hurts like hell until we get in bed at the end of the night and we're like, oh man, I feel like I got hit by a truck. We are too busy to do those things. To me, that's a problem within our society that needs to change. That's our problem within employers that they need to be a little bit more conscientious. Now, I know there's a huge depletion in uh, employment right now. There's, well, everyone's short staff, so everyone's constantly on the go. It's sad that we need to be able to have things to help fix those problems. Um, but there, I'm, we're not, we're, we'll discuss that on another, another podcast another time. But today we're going to still stay focused on the American lifestyle, how it's not doing what it needs to do to take care of our bodies. So what we end up doing is we wake up in the morning, we get no intake, we almost starve ourselves throughout the day, and we start getting into a repetitious behavior of eating, what, two, maybe three times meals a day, right? And by the way, when you're eating those two, three meals a day, are they larger portions than probably, like they could be a practical amount, but it's a plate and it's, you know, it might be a larger salad. You might even be a little bit more health conscious, but you know, it, you will consume more because you are, you haven't been having any snacks. So you are not, you're eating those larger meals. So you're eating around two, three bulky meals a day, which um, I hate to disappoint you, but the truth is that when the tips to gaining weight 
is to actually eat large bulky meals two to three times a day to help pack on weight. Does this make sense now? Are we starting to understand? Because a lot of the a lot of my clients that are the skinny twigs that have very little muscle mass that constantly eat all the time, I have and they want to gain weight, I have to slow their metabolism down. I slow their metabolism down by having them eat less meals, big bulky meals when they eat. Okay? Because it slows the metabolism down and then their body starts actually holding on to what they're consuming. So if our goal is to get rid of the excess, why would we do the same thing? It does not make sense, okay? I know it is so much harder to work, to work to make sure that you're consuming on a regular basis, but I guarantee that it works. It helps so, so much. It's very important for you to realize that when you are lack of consuming and you're not getting enough food on a consistent level, you are essentially starving your body. And when your body thinks that it's starving, what does it do? It holds on to everything it possibly can because it does not know when it's gonna eat next. It doesn't realize when its next sources of food is going to come in. And so what happens is you feed it regardless of whenever it is, but because you're so inconsistent of nurturing your inner child, of nurturing your inner storage, your body freaks the blank out and it holds on to everything it possibly can. And it basically just stores it onto your body until it knows when it will get fed again. If you show your body love and consistency by eating small, frequent snacks throughout the day, it can be small meals, it can be small snacks, it's up to you. I don't really care, just as long as it's consistent. A healthy metabolism functions on eating every one to two hours. Now, some of you out there that were my beginning story of making sure that like you guys were not getting any food and you're starving yourself throughout the day, those people need to start eating probably every three hours consistently and work their way up to an every two hour. The people that have been eating probably every three to four hours that you, you are doing a pretty good job and you're at least in the, hey, I haven't been as bad as what you described. I would like you guys to start working towards eating every two hours and then at some point you every one. Now, it doesn't have to be a lot, except sometimes it can just be a bite of something. So it's just saying, hey, instead of eating 22 almonds, which 22 almonds is a serving, it's technically supposed to be a quarter cup. Instead of eating a whole quarter cup, because you may not be that hungry, start with eating like three or four, okay? It doesn't have to be a lot. Have a celery stick, have a little bit of hummus with it. It doesn't, it could be a cucumber. If you're not hungry, eat things that are easy to consume that's not going to bog you down, okay? So that's like, as simple as having a protein shake, sipping on a protein shake and stretching it out throughout this extended period of time to make sure that you're getting that consumption. But eating consistently is key, okay? That's jumpstarting the metabolism 101 right there for you. Now, the other thing that's really important for people to realize that a lot of 
jumping the metabolism is also deflating the inflammation, okay? There are plenty of people out there that are actually carrying some excess weight that I want to say like half of it is inflammation weight, okay? Now, that means an overtired liver that's having a hard time processing all the different toxins in the body. Um, so you can do some clean eating habits, aka the Capital Cleanse will help reboot that system for you. But in addition to really just making it to de-inflate your body, that's like making sure that you're getting your antioxidants in, your anti-inflammatory foods. So it's the dark leafy greens, it's ginger, it's onions, it's garlic, it's turmeric, it's um, even berries. All of your berries are high in full of antioxidants. And even better is pineapple because that's super, super, super good for your digestion. Okay. So when you are consuming, like when you're thinking about foods, let's start with making sure that we're de-inflating our body and making sure we're doing that. Now, how do we jumpstart the metabolism even more? Add some green tea. Green tea is really great for triggering. It's also, it's also a dehydrator a little bit, so just make sure you keep drinking all of your water. Um, but when you're, when you're drinking your um, green tea, green tea helps just kind of actively boost your metabolism. And so does lemons. Lemons is super good. I don't know if you guys have talked about um, or heard about drinking like lemon water in the morning. That can be really, really good. Just taking a lemon. You can even take those infused water bottles, put some lemons up in there, and then just have your water there. But lemons are very good for, um, they're, they're great for jumpstarting the body. In addition to flaxseed. Flaxseed is super awesome. It is a great antioxidant and it helps regulate blood pressure, which is just an added bonus. So who wouldn't want to do that? So now we've addressed some of the, those are some really good things that you guys can start even this week, getting started on it. Um, but even more importantly, I think this is the perfect time. It's spring. So what do we need to talk about the most? It's fads, okay? Fad diets. Why are they just setting us up to fail? Okay, because so I don't know about you, but the thing that frustrates me about fad diets, one is the misunderstanding of how they're supposed to be used. Two is the idea that everyone seems to go into a fad trend anytime they're trying to change something about their body. Like that's the full answer, right? It's almost an avoidance aspect. It's like, hey, you needed to change some things because what you've been doing isn't working, but clearly here's the fad diet. It helps jumpstart you. Okay, yay. But then as soon as you're done using it, you go right back to where you were before. So basically you learn nothing from it, the experience. And then even worse is then you get flooded with all the over-emotional content that's drawn to it where you had progress. You were all excited about yourself, proud of yourself. And then, oh, now it came back and then you have to live with that humiliation again. So fad diets is a very big irritant to me, um, just in general, because how they're used, how people promote them, the lack of information that people have. Um, I actually wrote down on my little, I, my notes, my little cheat sheet, I didn't write anything about the diets itself, I just listed the word of a diet, um, just because I kind of thought it would be a lot better for me to kind of freeload on the subjects rather than have something 
pre-planned just so you can see kind of like my natural reaction. So that's kind of what I did today for you guys. Um, and hopefully you're still, you're still in it because we got, we're, we're on the last haul guys. It just keep what, like I need some likes and some love. So I know that you guys are paying attention, but primarily most important thing, bad diets are not sustainable. They never have been, and they were never supposed to be. The reason why we have bad diets in the first place is because they are temporary. Some of you need to understand that temporary is under a six month mark. Temporary is technically three months requested. That's it, okay? When we get into long-term, long-term starts after six months, okay? So when we're talking a fad diet trend, we're talking a zone between three and six months period, and that's it, nothing more. And a lot of times, if you have tried a fad diet out there, what has happened is within that three to six months, you've got reap the benefit of what you're gonna get, and then your body starts to plateau. So I'm not trying to be rude with some of the people I've worked with, but when I've heard, oh, I'm doing this one program, it's fantastic, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, okay, call me when you plateau because we need to make sure we're starting to learn what needs to be learned right away instead of letting you go too far down that rabbit hole. And plus, just get out of the discouragement. So when we're talking about it, it's not sustainable because they never were supposed to be. They're supposed to be temporary jump starters to help get you in flux. Now, some of these programs aren't as bad as some of the other ones. And we're gonna go into more of the detail of those because I have my little notes of which ones so you see my natural reaction and, and some of those reactions are not freaking pretty. So I'm just gonna tell you that right now. So my number one question when it comes to fad diets is if we live in a world where we're constantly depriving our body of necessary nutrients in addition to starving it, why are we coming up with fad diets that do the same thing? That doesn't seem to make sense to me because when you are trying to change your system, a lot of times what happens is your body is deprived of necessary nutrients. It is not ready to let go of excess weight. The body doesn't trust you to get to have enough nutrients. So your body's already having a resistance to losing weight because it's holding onto all of the storage because it doesn't trust how you've been treating it. So it's resisting losing weight because you haven't been consistently eat, showing it love and affection and eating properly, okay? So you haven't been getting that consumption in. In addition to you're not having enough of the necessary nutrients, so the body still thinks it's in nutrient deficiency and so therefore it's again going to hold on to the reserve because it's waiting for it to be supplied so most importantly making sure that you have a well-rounded diet making sure that you're getting all of your nutrients in if your diet is not getting at a minimum seven to nine servings of veggies a day and two servings of fruit oh you need supplementation like yesterday okay so that's super important to make sure that your body is getting into. In addition to your body, when we deprive ourselves of certain things, the body forgets how to process things. So when you hit here and you have like low carb diets and things of that nature, 
you're going to have your body forget the process of how it almost gets overloaded. It, it's shocked. It's like resist, like shocking the system and getting confused and being all out of sorts because it's like, wait a second, I haven't had this for a really long time. What is this again? I completely forgot, right? Kind of like how a dog reacts when the owner's been gone for a couple of weeks, like on vacation and you go and you pick up your pets from the kennel and then they like, they're sitting there acting like they don't even know who you are until they get a really good smell and then all of a sudden they freak out because they're so excited to see you. It's kind of like that. Your body at first is like, what the blink? Who is this? And then all of a sudden when it remembers, it's like, oh my God, we're eating carbs again? This is fun. Like, and then, but it doesn't, it doesn't fully understand how to go through the whole process. So one of the primary diets I think everybody has probably attempted at some point in their life is Weight Watchers. Yeah? Do we remember Weight Watchers? Yes, guys? Okay. Weight Watchers is really interesting because what I really loved about Weight Watchers diet program is I like that they taught you about portion control and they also taught you about having your indulgences, but basically trying to train you to stay in control of your indulgences. Now, where I disagree on that is that if you are a person that's like, let's say, let's say like ice cream is your jam, okay? Like that's your vice. You love your ice cream. You got to, like you have a bite of ice cream, you end up eating the whole container, okay? I'm not saying all of us are like, I'm just saying there are people out there that do not have any control factors. Nutritionists and dietitians will always say you need to eat in moderation. Okay, that's all fine and dandy, but when you have someone that ha has a tendency of losing control and they can't, they have no way of being able to control it, the last thing you should do is be telling them to have portion control because they will lose their ever-loving mind. What you need to do is actually start focusing on why that pattern exists within an individual instead of instead of saying, hey, let's just keep adding these teasers to the point where they just lose it and they continue to overindulge. Because eventually at some point they're just gonna have one day where they're just like say F it and then just go after it. So that is a little bit of a disagreement when it comes to the Weight Watchers program. The number one problem that I have with Weight Watchers is the deprivation. So let's say, a healthy functioning metabolism for a 5-4 individual should put them somewhere at, you know, possibly 1,800 to 2,200 calories a day. Weight Watchers will underscore them significantly. They might start them at the 1,800, but most likely they're going to start them at the 1,500 to 1,300. Now, the concern I have with this is that a majority of food intake, healthy food intake, nourishment for the body to provide what the body needs, not only for organ function, cell regeneration, even trying to prime it for activity to which you need to perform during the day, like thinking, you know, it's kind of important. You shouldn't have below a 1500 calorie diet, okay? I am five, I, no, I'm not five one anymore. I am five foot. I am five foot and I would be the first person that Weight Watchers would recommend 1,000 to 1,200 calories a day, which would very much underscore, and it actually would train my body to slow the metabolism down. So your body starts eating. The first go around, yeah, you lose a lot. Like, you'll lose the weight, 
your body will be deprived. It will be lacking of nourishment in addition to decreasing in muscle mass, in addition to training the body to be metabolism slower. When, when that metabolism slows down, then when I decide to start consuming like a normal person, then what ends up happening is you start gaining all that weight back because one, the body forgot how to process. Two, I'm undernourished, so the body starts holding on to everything that it needs. And then three, even more importantly, is that my metabolism has been shut down. So now in the future, if I wanted to lose weight, like I'll gain all the weight back, but then I want to go back into it, Weight Watchers would have to deplete my caloric need, again, even lower than it was the first time around, and therefore the, the cycle goes again and again and again, okay? Keto, ugh, kill me now, keto. Seriously? Ugh. Okay. Keto first was designed in the 1920s and they were designed for epileptics, right? Epileptics trying to help fix those people with their symptoms. Okay. Then all these people decided, oh man, we could do this, whatever. Now, what I'm going to say, there are plenty of people that benefit very well from keto and there are people that do not benefit very well from keto. Now, I'm going to say... Are you the right lab rat? And what I mean by that is, is that there are certain people that respond very well to keto because their body is made for it. It's designed for it. Their DNA links to it. But there are plenty of people that are, that it does not work for them. Okay. If you are feeling massively deprived, and I'm going to say this, and we need you to bear with me because some people say, oh yeah, you just have to get over the hump and then you're okay. First of all, one, I train people through all types of diets. So if someone does want to try the keto avenue and they're trying to start shaping their body for a body competition or whatnot, I know how to do those things and I know how to do them correctly. The majority of people that start keto actually go, boom, the next day, all of a sudden they cut all of their carbohydrates, okay? All of their starchy carbohydrates gone. A bell pepper is 25 grams of carbohydrates. A keto diet does not want you to consume more than 25 grams in a day. When you're doing that, you end up shocking your system. Your body will go through a massive transformation. That is why you will witness a lot of people doing keto that they get through the first two, three weeks and they are just kind of like, zombies a little bit because their body's going through this huge shift. They're trying to get into ketosis. Okay. Now diabetics are very, they should probably be the last people to try keto because they can see, set them up for ketoacidosis. They can actually send a lot of diabetics into the hospital. It can be very, very dangerous. Now I will say that the concept of keto removing a lot of the start unnecessary starchy carb starchy carbohydrates yes after if if you're going to consume them and you're in an older age do those starchier carbohydrates but you need them in your body your body does actually need starchy carbohydrates it helps regulate our body it also like it affects sugar levels things of that nature we talked about sugar last week so it, it can be really important to have those things in your diet Although when we have a lot of excess on our body, that's the first thing that we normally try and pull. I'd say you're going to eat your starchy carbohydrates. You eat them in the morning. 
and maybe at lunch, but then avoid them like three o'clock or later, okay? But absolutely do not take away your fruits and veggies, okay? Be selective on which types of fruits and veggies, but don't take away your fruits and vegetables. I am not a fan of keto. I get, it makes me very concerned, especially with the higher protein content stressing out the liver. The liver is one of the most used and abused organs in the body, and it's one of the most valuable organs in our body, okay? It can basically think for itself. It can do anything it wants at any time. It provides us with unlimited needs of not just energy demand, but also cleaning out toxins within our body. We are overloading our liver on a regular basis. And the last thing we need to do is pick a diet that is going to make our liver more stressed out and more pissed off, okay? Respect the liver, get the blank rid of keto. Just saying, okay? Now, if we wanted to do a low carb diet, okay, like a 40-30-30, have you guys heard of 40-30-30, this is zone diet, or even the South Beach diet, those aren't bad. Those aren't bad. Now, they have all these books out there where you go out, you probably spend $100 on, you know, South Beach diet recipes and all of these different things. But you didn't have to do that. You didn't, that wasn't even really necessary. It's really making sure you're eating your anti-inflammatory foods, you're eating your colors of the rainbow, you're making sure you're getting adequate veggies, you're making sure you got your proteins into your systems, and then you're just making sure you're eating your carbs at the right times of the day. Okay, so when you're doing that, you're actually eating a well-rounded about a diet. So doing something that's kind of closer to a zone South Beach, find out more about what they're kind of like, but at the same time, you don't have to dive into the industries telling you gimmick after gimmick after gimmick, okay? These should be healthy ways of eating for a lifetime. We are trying to make sure that our habits are for a lifetime. They are healthy for us all the time. I swear to you, something like a carnivore diet, oh good lord, a carnivore diet is insane because it's not just about eating proteins, it's about eating like the high fat proteins, which then sets you up for clogging arteries, sets you up for high blood pressure, sets you up for all kinds of other things, okay? I get the whole concept. Again, carnivore diet, high fats, high proteins, stressed out liver, Again, revolving. These are diets that are created to abusing liver function and also stressing out the body in other ways. We never actually learned how to eat well-rounded and we never really learned how to, you still have, even trying these, you still have to start. One of my number one packaged food items, okay? Packaged food items, basically become very interesting. You've got the Arbonne, you've got the Octavia, you have, I can't even, what is the prepackaged South something? Um, oh, I can't even remember the name of it because it just drives me nuts. But when we get into those packages, those the pre-programs, one, a lot of times those food programs, they're missing a lot of their nutrients from their food, okay? It's essentially like, here's your cardboard, eat your cardboard. They might put, make it tasty, right? Tasty because they put alternative flavors in it and sugars that actually rot out your gut, which then actually make it worse for your gut to absorb nutrients. 
So you're sitting there consuming, trying to be like, look at me, I got portion control. I did a really good job. But then you ended up eating a whole bomb of nutrient deficient foods that actually have artificial sweeteners to make it taste good that are rotting your gut and decreasing your ability to absorb good food, okay? Which is a no, that's not a good thing either. Octavia drives me nuts a lot of time because not only does it sit there and promote, oh, you know, we're gonna fill you up. First of all, most people today aren't hungry. Getting a healthy metabolism, you have to get your body hungry again. You have to feed it consistently. Second of all, they've always seemed to put in more than three forms of sugars. If you watched the last podcast, you learned that we follow the rule of three here. We make sure that we don't consume more than three forms of sugar in a product. Octavia usually defies that by a lot. Sometimes they put in six. And recently, some of their packaging that I've seen, I don't even know why they're putting some of the ingredients that they do, okay? Like, some, like they had sugars that, sh sugar sources that shouldn't have been used five years ago, but somehow it's still in their products. In addition to, I'm sorry, but the majority of people, women, the majority of people that they sell to Octavian primarily sells to women trying to slim down their figures. Most women in their 40s and up have estrogen dominance. That's usually why they carry more weight in their caboose. And when they carry more weight in their caboose, it's because they have estrogen dominance. Estrogen dominance is continuously fed by soy. And what is the primary ingredient in Octavia's bars? Soy protein. Why would you feed a whole bunch of women trying to slim down their assets something that's gonna keep up their assets? It's an oxymoron. It's a gimmick. It's a game. Sometimes I feel like some of these products weren't made by women. I feel like they were made by men because they weren't thinking it through. Just my opinion. So I think today you can understand that if you just come up to me on the street, I really encourage you, if you ever see me on the street, just walk past and scream out a fad diet and I will probably go on a rant for five minutes. If you don't want to see my rant for five minutes, then, then don't say it. Like, but I'm, I am here to always answer any questions that you guys have. You guys are amazing. I love being able to answer anything that, any question to any answer at any time, no matter when it is, that is my mission, is to make sure that we debunk a lot of these misunderstandings in our public and start getting the word out there. Because the most important thing to us right now is self-care. So taking care of our bodies making sure we're doing what it needs, especially when it comes to jumpstarting the metabolism. So if you guys haven't remembered, please follow us at Capital Health on Facebook and on YouTube. Um, you can also go to capitalhealth.com to sign up for our newsletters and some of, read some of the latest blogs. I go through my rants in uh, blog form, so if you don't want to listen to my voice, you can at least read it and, and check it out when you're done. Um, the other thing that's really important for you guys to remember is 50% off all the focus programs. So if you're trying to figure out a particular area like flabtastic or core, your core blast, or even trying to make finer assets, 
I have written programs designed exactly for what you're looking for, what you're trying to target, in addition to rehab for your knees, shoulders, back, all of those things. Um, go to capitalhealth.com. They are 50% off until May 9th. So I hope that you guys go and take advantage of it. I'm very excited. I love spring. I love getting back into movement. I love promoting people getting back into feeling alive again because the world is starting to come alive and those are the things we need to do. So thanks for joining me on the Capital Life Podcast. I will see you next Saturday at 530. And just remember to take care of yourself because you're somebody's everything.